enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Talkcast. Your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. This is the Temple of Geek Talkcast, episode 22. The Revenge of the Guacamole. I'm your host, Daniel. And on this episode, we are going to be discussing a certain announcement coming from Marvel, a new game that came out by DC, a couple anniversaries for some films, and we're going to give you some spoilers from the game Witcher. And without further ado, joining me on this panel from the Temple of Geek are Amanda, Hello. Katie, and Vincent. Welcome all. Hello. I already preempted the hello, but hi again. Yes. <laughs> hello again. Hello. So... Earlier just earlier this week, we finally got the announcement that several of us have been waiting for, the announcement of who is going to be portraying Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We now know that Spider-Man will yet again be played by a British actor by the name of Tom Holland. How do you all feel about this? I have mixed emotions. Well, what are your mixed emotions there, Slade? Well, it's not Ace of Butterfield. Wow. So there you go. We can't, have, we can't all have what we want. So, I don't really know too much about this guy. Have any of y'all seen any of the films that he's been in? Nope. I have not. I had never even heard of him before. <laughs> so, he's pretty much a relatively unknown. Which could be a good thing. Yes, it could be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he is supposed to be playing a younger Spider-Man, a Spider-Man that's in high school. Um, and he will be debuting in Captain America's Civil War. We'll be basically getting a cameo from him. And he'll be getting his first film in 2017. I noticed he has a mole. Guacamole! Had a mole. Had a mole. The mole's gone now. Guacamole. But true. We were all thinking it. Nah. Yes. Every time Spider-Man took off the mask, that's all you see. (laughs) Spider-Man mole! Mole! I don't know anything about this guy. Um, I guess we'll find out here next year in Captain America if if he's going to fit the part. Hopefully here we'll be getting some reveals of the costume and stuff pretty soon since they've already filmed, started filming Captain America. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on this actor? I just think I mean, he's really young. Like, we keep getting younger and younger, and I feel like Spider-Man's never going to get to grow up. I don't know. He's just going backwards in age because I think, what is it, Tobey Maguire, he, his Spider-Man at least got to college, and then he went back to high school with Andrew Garfield, and now we're back to high school again with Tom. Yeah, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, though, just kind of aged way too fast in the first movie. Well, he, it was like he was, in, he was in high school, and then he like was in college, and then he was already dropping out and turned to drugs. and Got really emo hair. <laughs> no, the emo hair. Magnificent. That Dan, y'all will be begging for it after this new film comes out. Like, show me Spider-Man 3. <laughs> More! More left. <laughs> So, let's talk about Batman. Batman was released this week, Batman Arkham Knight, on the Xbox, the PlayStation 4, and PC. <laughs> was it? <laughs> it was. Was it played? <laughs> <laughs> so, the PC version of the game has had just a couple bugs, um, basically making the game unplayable. <laughs> oh, well. You know, what PowerPoints have a better frame rate. There are issues with the game, whereas if you get into the Batmobile, the game becomes a 1940s slideshow of a horse on a racetrack. Are you kidding me? That's glorious. Yeah, it's just horrible frame rate. The game's just basically unplayable on PC. Fans are outraged. They're they're upset because they've spent, you know, an ungodly amount of money on this game. I mean, it was $60 for the game, and then an additional $40 for the DLC. So, I mean, making the game $100, and... They pretty much can't even play it on their PCs. 
So, Amanda, tell us a little bit more about what's going on with this. So, Warner Brothers issued a statement on Steam after they suspended all the PC sales of the version of the game on the Steam platform, um, commenting that lots of people enjoy it on PC, which I'm slightly dubious about, but there was a significant number of issues, and while they would like it if people are patient and wait for the patch to come out, they recognize that they shouldn't be selling any more copies of the game till it's fixed, and also that if people do want to use the Steam platform um, new refund feature, they can do, although they do ask people for their patience while they fix it. Now, my thoughts are they wouldn't have done anything if there hadn't been the, the refund policy in place that launched just a few weeks prior. I think... Um, they would have just said a patch is forthcoming and then and then left it there for a while. There was numerous issues on the previous Arkham game um, where people were asking for bug fixes on PC and they said, oh, sorry, we're working on DLC. So Warner Brothers has a track record of not fixing these issues and focusing on more revenue-generating streams. So I think unless their revenue is in threat, which it is now that you can do Steam refunds, I don't think they would have done anything. Well, I mean, it's pretty bad that the game at launch had that many issues. So did Assassin's Creed Unity, but this is pre-refunds, so nobody could do anything. Hmm. I mean, slightly less problems, but... <laughs> Vince, do you have anything you would like to add to this? Slager and asked for spoiling that part for me, and I just, uh, I'm kind of sad for the PC people who have to go through the whole ordeal that they're going through right now. <clears throat> and a lot of the people who uh, who reserved the was the Ultimate Edition that came with the Batmobile, and that part got recalled too because Warner Brothers said that the Batmobile was such a poor quality like item that they didn't want that type of quality to be like associated with such a beautiful game. Such a beautiful game quality. that runs as a slideshow. Yeah. yeah. See, I think this is my problem, right, is that when people get so fixated on pre-ordering games and stuff, you're basically giving them a blank check before you've seen any product. Mm -hmm. And if this AAA kind of travesty is anything to go by, in fact, a number of games have been really poor at launch and needed day one or week one patches just to work properly. I think pre-order culture is, is making it so they're like, oh, look, we've already made this amount of money, so let's put it out even though uh -huh. it's not ready, um, uh -huh. and, and we'll still get the cash. I'm hoping people will start to think twice about pre-ordering games, because I think it'll force the industry to kind of change the way they're doing things. Yeah, I don't I don't pre-order games anymore, but I do miss out on a lot of the exclusives, but I mean, but then again, you can end up buying those later. I'd rather have a higher quality if I played, but I don't. <laughs> but if I did, you well, should. I mean, it's I, super fun. I don't honestly, I honestly don't see the point of pre-ordering a game uh, if you're, like, because... I didn't even pre-order Mortal Kombat X, and I went up there, and I just walked in, and I got it. There was no need for me to pre-order it, because they had so many different copies. Like, it's not like they don't mass-produce these games. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was, it, 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 you missed out on a free Goro, though, man. No, I got Goro. I got it. Oh, I didn't. I had to buy him. <clears throat> and it's stupid because like a lot of the the characters that they had in the combo pack they started releasing one by one so there was pe people who spent like i think it was fifteen dollars or twenty dollars for the combo pack where like we're starting to get these characters for free now i mean it's all just a marketing ploy mm -hmm. yeah. and then this whole deal with fallout 4 and and the or not fall yeah fallout 4 uh and the freaking actual pit boy like people are going like eight ape shit over this and they're like 
trying to get it from Amazon. Some dude sending bottle caps to uh, uh, Bethesda and to to like get them to reserve it for him. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Do you not get Pip Boy if you don't pre-order the game? It's a special edition, and there's only so many oh. of them. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a bit insane. Like, um, but there has been some good news coming out of the AAA industry. Like, Destiny just reversed their statement about how they're going to handle the emote um, in in the game, and they're not mm-hmm. going to make it. So you have to now. I I didn't read up on this. So Slade, you probably know a lot more. But as I understood, their position was: if you want emote, it, like the full emote pack and the base version of the game, you must rebuy the retail version in, like, a new box. Like, get a new digital download of the game and fa- pay full retail price for the enhancements. And then they reverse this decision, like, a couple days later? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, I thought I had a I believe on it. I, I believe that is correct. That's awful. Just a general comment. Who would do that, though? Let's just be real. Some emotes in a game is not worth another $60. It's definitely not. I don't know. I remember going crazy over some uh, City of Heroes stuff. Like, oh, they released a new character. I need to download the, uh, or buy the new, uh, remember, what was it? The cape or whatever it was? And I bought the special edition pack just so I can get that cape. Uh, yeah, I'm never playing that game again. It's gone forever. <laughs> what game was that again? City of Heroes. You mean the game that I always, like, use your computer for? Yeah, that game. Uh, so, anyway, we're completely going off topic, but just to kind of reiterate, Batman is a good game for those who can actually play it on their PS4s and Xbox Ones. You PC owners, I, I feel for you. The game is enjoyable. Speaking of Batman, Batman has a 10-year anniversary this year. Batman Batman Begins um, is celebrating its 10-year ten, ten anniversary uh-huh. this year. There are some other movies that celebrate a couple anniversaries this year. Katie, what, what are some of those films that are celebrating this year? Uh, Batman Forever had its 20-year anniversary like a week or so ago. And then uh, coming up is Apollo 13 is going to be 20. And then um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, is going to be yes. 20. Also, God, I'm so old. I know. It makes me feel so old like just thinking about it. Um, you guys are then, like 30 something. What is it? Then also, uh, Back to the Future is celebrating its 30th anniversary on July 3rd. Our very own Temple of Geek, Nate Shepard, has never seen that. So, uh, I'm doing a shout out. We're going to make him watch that on the 30th anniversary. Yep. That needs to happen. He's never seen Back to the Future? He has never seen Back to the Future. (laughs) Even more excited about the fact is that the from Back to the Future 2, when they go to the future, that's October 21st, 2015. So that's Correct. happening this year. Which, which uh, Neil deGrasse, the guy who does the, uh, yeah, that guy, um, he said that hoverboards will never be a possibility. Did you just say, yeah, yeah that guy, about Neil deGrasse Tyson? I oh, couldn't remember his last name. my <laughs> God. Please. However, brief interlude, Space News, the Kickstarter hosted by Bill Nye the Science Guy for... That guy? Uh, yeah. I'm just kidding with you. No, really, for reals, reals. I know who Bill Nye is. I like Bill Nye. Guys, this is a real thing. He made millions on Kickstarter. Y'all don't even know. That's awesome. He's going to make a solar cell. Mm-hmm. Oh. For an awesome. exploratory moon mission with SpaceX. Yeah. They're doing a collab. That's it's actually yeah. really awesome. It's actually really cool. We can actually finally see some space travel in our lifetimes. 
That would be well, really cool. I'm sure SpaceX is going to be more about the tourism thing, and and Bill and I is going to be more about the exploratory thing. But as I understand, the solar sail is going to act like a flashlight, signing it on the dark side of the moon, so they can look at the craters and things like that. No, that's oh, cool. that is really awesome. And it's also so simultaneously exciting. gorky. So Resume your anniversaries. <laughs> you got me in my nostalgia for Bill Nye and Power Rangers. The things Dude, they totally youth. put Bill Nye, the TV show, they put the TV show on Netflix. I'm all about that. <laughs> Dude, he successfully raised $1 million. Yeah. That is crazy. Yep. Back to movie anniversaries. Anything else happening this year? There's... So many. We were talking earlier about some. Weird Science is having one. Yep. Uh, Clue and Clueless is going to be 20, which I'm really excited about. I'm excited slash not because it makes me feel really old, but it's also very exciting because which means they might actually like put the movie in the theater again so I can go see it again. Uh, that's, that's, that's the fun part. Yes. Yes. So stay tuned to the Temple of Geek for future articles about these uh, yes. anniversaries. Yes, indeed. I'll be all over it. She'll be all over it. Like white on rye. That's right. And finally, we're going to come to Amanda about some uh, news in Witcher 3. Spoiler. Yeah, massive spoiler alert. Like, massive. Like, it will ruin your experience if you actually plan to play the game. So if you're not wanting to play the game or if you have any intentions on playing the game, you know, turn this off now. I'm just waiting, you know, to give them time. Because I'm not even joking. All right, so... I have done almost a full completionist run up to this point. I have, uh, I believe, one more leg of the main story to do, but so far I have no secondary quests, no treasure hunt, no side missions left to do in the game, Um, which is the largest game in world size that consoles have ever seen. This is excluding things that are procedurally generated like Minecraft let me add, right? Proper game world. Um, And after putting what I estimate is somewhere in the hundreds of hours at this point into the game, well, I put 230 hours into Dragon Age Inquisition for a full completionist run. So, the struggle is real. You should see her gamer score. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Can't even imagine. I think it's like 43,000. Compared to my 8,000. However, right, so when you put this much time into a game, you get very invested in the characters. Now, I didn't find this so much in Dragon Age because with those sort of games, you know that you're going to get certain outcomes as a reward for certain actions. So, much like the first couple of Dragon Age games, if you bought people gifts or spent time with them or ran through all their dialogue options, you were going to get, you know, some time with them in an intimate and candlelit setting. So, you kind of know that this is going to happen, so when things happen to the characters, you're not that emotionally invested, really. Maybe the soulless story arc is an exception, but in general, no. Um, However, uh, in The Witcher 3, you spend this time seeing flashbacks of your adopted daughter, Ciri, and her childhood um, in The Witcher compound in Kaer Morhen, and all of the people like in your life that have trained up this girl who's very important to you, and all these people who are willing to fight for you in what is arguably a suicide mission just to protect your daughter, who, by the way, is a pain in the ass and does not stay in the castle. Let me just say that. (laughs) And as someone with very strong maternal instincts, and it gets stronger every year, (laughs) 
I was very upset that she did not stay in the castle because that place was littered with mobs. It was very dangerous. Um, however, they, they set you up uh, where you've collected all these comrades together in one place. You're fighting this big battle against the Wild Hunt. You know, it's very epic. The cutscenes are absolutely stunning. Um, and even at that point, I might have been way over-leveled for that mission. Um, it still was really cool and engaging. And in fact, it played more like a movie because it, at this point, I'm just one-shotting things. Um, however, the idea that you have your, like, childhood friend there, um, your adopted daughter, a couple guys from different witcher schools who are kind of rivals of each other, and all three of the women that you may have boned within hours of each other um, <laughs> in the same place. It sets you up for some interesting conflicts. Now, I felt for sure one of my girlfriends was going to die. I thought, this is going to be the choice that they're going to have me make. I'm going to have to choose between super hot sorceress number one, super hot sorceress number two, or super hot sorceress number three. Might I also add, they have Charlie's mm -hmm. Angel's hair. There is a blonde one, a redhead, and a brunette. Not even lying. I only just thought about this, but it's true. Um... I thought they were going to do that, that there was going to be some sort of conflict where these women would be in peril and I could only save one, and that thus eliminates the weird love triangle that was happening in my castle. Uh, however, that's not what happened. Um, there is no kind of, you have to save these women. Well, at least as far as I've got, I've just got past the Battle of Caremore, and I haven't completed the game yet because I'm still trying to collect all the Witcher sets. Um, they killed off your mentor. Which, since he is a figure that everybody likes, was harder on not only the character, but every single person. It actually was a unifying force where your three girlfriends, who know about each other, by the way, um, yeah. stopped oh. taking pot shots at each other for five seconds. Like, the super jerky guy who's always a jerk stopped being a jerk for five minutes. Like, it was super heart-wrenching and touching, and he sacrifices himself for your adopted daughter. This guy who has, like, lived for hundreds of years. And if you think about that for a minute, how old he is, the fact that this is his place, and he's your teacher, and he taught, you know, many generations of witchers, it's very, very impactful. And completely surprising. I There were several battle sequences, fully CGI'd, um, that put every single one of the characters in a position where they could have been killed. And when this one gets killed, it's absolutely shocking. Um, and I didn't think I was going to feel anything about a game, because that is inherently sad. Um, on me as a human, but I was a little misty-eyed, and my husband, who was sitting next to me when I was like, look, it's the final battle sequence, it's going to be really badass, sit here, let's watch this, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to smash these guys up, um, he was even like, wow, I feel like that was really a not good thing at all, and I don't know anything about this story, like, like, that seems like a super bummer. Why is everybody so bummed? Like, this is really sad. I thought this was going to be a really cool fight, like an action movie. Um, so I have to say that for all the faults of The Witcher and the fact that you don't really have a choice, if you don't do all of the missions, you're not going to get completionist or anything close to it or half of the money and things. For all of its faults and all the tropes that it normally has as an RPG, the fact that they can, by making you spend that much time in the world, deliver a whammy like that, which was completely expected, 
especially because of all the other attention that's built up in the game, absolutely stunning storytelling. And I would say for anybody who is is not a Witcher fan, that this is definitely a game you could pick up and play on the merits of its story alone and no understanding whatsoever of the previous games or the books or anything like that. It actually has this much weight as a piece of art on its own ground. So, spoilers over. You can resume. (laughs) You got the feels for a video game. Mm, Big time, big time. Shocking. I feel like that was too long-winded. Did it get too real, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm so sorry. It was really sad, though. He's like this old geezer. No one likes him. I don't mind it when the old guy dies. Come on, when Ben died in Star Wars. That was like a hilarious scene. Just a little pile of clothes. That was kind of hilarious. No, that was... Just a pile of burning bones. Don't you even (laughs) lie. With dirt face Luke going, Ben! Matter of fact, his face looks just like it did in the Battlefront trailer. You have a dirt face. Don't you say that about Obi-Wan Kenobi. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek Podcast. I want to thank my guest... Amanda, Katie, and Vincent for joining me on this episode's discussion. Stay tuned to thetempleofgeek.com for the next all-new episode. And as always, thanks for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit thetempleofgeek.com, your one-stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.